0: what up everybody i'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate a dollar 99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow i'm trying to grow the podcast and i want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourself. So today we've got an interesting one here. We've got a man by the name of Tony Rodriguez, who states that he was part of the secret space program, part of the twenty and back program, uh, the same one that Corey Good was a part of. And apparently Corey Good and Tony are uh, at least friends, or at least you know have have become friends through their mutual experiences in this program. So. Um, Tony's experience is really interesting and you know there's a lot of a lot of pieces to his experience that seem very different from uh, other other experiences that I've heard so I wanted to share a few of them with you and it might be kind of a multiple podcast uh, type of situation here where we explore it a little bit more in depth so he appeared on Gaia um, as part of their Cosmic uh, Disclosure Program, and I think it's pretty interesting because Tony kind of walks through his, his youth as he became part of this 20 and Back program. Talks all about, you know, being part of kind of an MKUltra uh, traumatic mind control or brainwashing um, experiment. And then he was brought to the moon, to Mars, and then Ceres, uh, which is a planetoid. Uh, that's in between Mars and Jupiter so really fascinating stuff uh, it's gonna take a little bit to get through but I think you guys are really gonna enjoy it so you know first things first you know Tony states that that he's the youngest of many siblings and he was brought up on a hundred year old farmhouse um, and he met this kid in grade school I can't remember what grade he, sta- he stated it was but in grade school he stated he was the, the, the smartest uh, kid in his class and he was the smartest kid out of all of his siblings you know usually the the young ones are 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 very talented in some way the youngest ones right they just they you see these guys and they're like superstars they're like i'm the youngest of 12 kids or i'm the youngest of six kids and you know they're either geniuses or they're they're superstars or rock stars or whatever the case is but they definitely have to push to become the best you know, so there there's a lot of competition in a household with a big a group of people. Um, so Tony appears on Guy's episode, and at first, when I watched this episode, well, actually he's got a couple episodes, so it's going to take a little bit. But his first episode, I'm watching him, and he's so wide eyed. Like, I mean, he, you can see the whites of his eyes around the entire the entire iris. I mean, he's like, he just looks really freaked out to me, but. It could just be just the way he is, or it could be, you know, a variety of things. Um, And then he kind of like calmed down or his eyes, I guess, relaxed. Not that he wasn't calm, but his eyes kind of relaxed as he started to go through some of the uh, some of his experiences. But he states, you know, there's a lot of weird parts to this story. So the first weird part is he states that he met this kid um, and they were competing in this science fair. And this kid was also super intelligent. And Tony states that it was the first kid that made him feel like he might not be the smartest kid, uh, you know, in the world or in the school. (laughs) So he said this kid was very intelligent Um, and they were making a project against each other. And some words were said. And this kid says, my dad's in the Illuminati. What does your dad do? (laughs) <laughs> and, and uh tony says well my dad works for uh for g or g gm one of the one of the g companies and he's like you know he, he was pretty proud of that because it was a major company um but this kid was pretty ticked off with him with tony because apparently tony was very intelligent and kind of had some words with him and uh this kid's dad shows up to the fair uh you know the science fair and he he, he, he puts his arm around his son and walks away from tony and and apparently, the dad made some sort of comment saying, "You got to protect your assets better than that. Uh, you're going you're to learn how to manage—I should say—manage your assets better than that." Um, so, spoken a very different language than most parents would typically speak to their children with. Um, but the kid basically, you know, made a statement that said, "You know, my dad's in the Illuminati. You know, he he can, he can get you. He's better than your dad." And so. This is where it takes a really weird turn, right? Because, like, who the hell says their dad's in the Illuminati? That's a very strange thing to say. Um, and even if your dad is in the Illuminati, if there is such a thing, you're probably not going to say it, right? You're probably not going to say, hey, my dad's in the Illuminati. That's going to be a pretty big no-no to say. But this kid busted out and said it. So the next thing that happens is, is that Tony goes home that night, that same night, and he's visited by a gray and two reptilian beings that are about three to four feet tall with hoods at the end of his bed. And at first he didn't notice the reptilians at the end of his bed. He noticed the gray um, at the side of his bed. And Tony was like, you know, stating that his dad was kind of a prankster and that he would kind of pull pranks on him, you know, and sometimes he wear masks. So Tony said, Dad, stop it. Put take your mask off, you know, when we're not playing around, it's late, I want to go to bed. Well, this thing was clearly not his dad, and it, and it took him, and they and the reptilians took him out of the room uh, with a bright flash, and he was taken on board a spacecraft, placed on a metal table, and this is where it gets kind of strange, too, because Tony states that they put a, um, a sheet over him, uh, like in the movie fire in the sky now even travis walton stated that they didn't put a sheet over him like they did in that movie and it wasn't as intense as it was in that movie because that was one of the most intense scenes out of any sci-fi movie i've ever seen um so he stated it didn't happen that way so that's why i'm kind of questioning this one in, in tony's case i'm not necessarily questioning him but I'm, I'm questioning why, you know, they would have to do that. And, and I haven't heard that in any other abduction scenario. Um, so, you know, even Randy Kramer, who was part of the 20 and back program, he didn't ever mention that they did that to him. But what Tony did say is that he thought that there were multiple ways to complete this 20 and back program where they make a clone out of you. They transfer your consciousness over because your consciousness is a is a quantum liquid material um, that can be moved from body to body or unit to unit. So it's possible that it could have just been a different type of scenario that he underwent, but it was very very different than most most other stories. So they. Um, they put this sheet over, they cut a hole in the mouth where he would have to breathe and where his eyes were just like in the movie. Okay. So this, you know, and the movie has been out for a while. So I'm like, is he, is he using the the movie as material source for his, his, his scenario? Or is he, did he actually have the same scenario happen to him? But nonetheless, he continues to talk about, um, some really interesting stuff so like don't let that throw you so he goes on and he states that um, these individuals ask him if he's willing to be part of the 20 and back program and they state that he won't know that he's even gone that when he's returned all the all the memories will be wiped that they need his permission to use his consciousness in this mission that they can't do it without his permission and he stated, well, you know, are you guys going to make sure I'm safe? Or are you going to make sure that I'm, um, you know, I won't remember? And they're like, yes, you know, we'll, we'll make sure about that. You know, that you won't remember anything. But it's very important. Um, it's very, it's a very, uh, a very, you know, valid cause to be a part of. And, and we'd like you to be part of it. So he agrees to it. And they finish up with this sheet over him. They put a, um, a, a, uh, I guess what he stated was an implant like in the back of his eye so they kind of went in the corner of where the eye and the nose meet and, and placed a uh, uh, like kind of a metal needle in there and then implanted the implant and then <clears throat> he stated hey man I thought you guys said I wasn't gonna be hurt he's like that hurt and they're like we're sorry about that well you know in the future it won't be it won't be like that so, so he continues, and um, basically, he states that he wakes up. Now, granted, keep in mind, he's nine years old. I don't think I said that before. He's nine years old. He made it very clear in the interview. He's nine years old, and he wakes up, and he sees this, this man with curly hair, this older man with curly hair, um, in the desert. He's like, I'm in the desert, which seems kind of strange, right? You're like, okay, wait, a desert? Is he on another planet? What's going on? But apparently, Tony... Pinpointed and narrowed down this location to a an air force base in California, um, and stated that that's that's where he was located. He stated that the structures around that base on Google Maps looked like the place where he was at, um, and and he stated that this this man, whoever this curly-haired individual was, took him in and started to make him part of the project. So. The initial part of this project, the 20 and Back project that he was a part of, was that he was mind controlled, mind controlled through um, multiple ways. And when you I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard of the MK Ultra project. and within that project, they use multiple kinds of psychedelics, different kinds of antipsychotics drugs, all kinds of medications to try to elicit a super intelligence response or a brainwashing response or whatever kind of response they're looking for in addition to brainwashing um, by watching certain types of videos over and over on a loop um, and including continual teaching um, of, of different, different thought processes to basically brainwash someone into their thought system. In Tony's case, he states that he was made basically like a slave, so to speak. So initially they thought that they were going to use Tony, in his words, as kind of like a intelligence or military type of uh, infantry type individual, basically like how Randy Kramer was used. But Randy Kramer was kind of made, you know, like he was more of an officer and upper military in the Mars uh, wars that he, he had taken part of in wars and, and battles on Mars with the insectoids uh, there. Uh, and so Randy was upper echelon, Tony was lower echelon um, because he was taking these medications and they were showing him videos over and over and over again, he said for months. They basically put on like these blinders on and, and made him you know kind of like um, virtual reality they put these goggles on him you know so you can't see to either side of your periphery you're just looking at this image and they showed him um, over and over again images of war and that and the audio stated the ultimate ultimate sacrifice you can make is to sacrifice yourself for your brother to to basically have yourself killed if your brother is in uh, harm's way. So they were basically training him to be field fodder or military fodder to save their their brethren or their 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 men-at-arms, their their brothers in, in arms. Okay so we know we, we don't understand this quite yet but once he got into the field basically he was given once he got in the field on Mars he was given like basically like a handheld grenade and um a railgun on his arm to to defend himself with and if these if there was like a huge swarm of insectoids which they battle later on and we can get into that that he was supposed to basically just commit suicide and sh- and blow himself up uh and to save the rest of the military members so he was part of these, these like eight, eight people um, that were all in the same program together. Eight to twelve uh, people that were in the same program together that were basically brainwashed to become fodder for the other folks in the military to save them. So there were higher echelon military members that he was going to save if and when they engaged with the insectoid army on Mars. So for months and months, he was trained in this, and that, that was his duty. He was to take tons of medications to basically brainwash him as well as the, the videos that he watched. Now, as he continued and as he got older, they continued to give him this medication. But, and the medication was fine for a while, but he took this certain medication when they switched it when he was about 13, and it got him really sick and the first time and then the second time he took it he 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 threw up again right as soon as he took it so they said okay if he can't take this medication we have to throw him in uh, to this other part of the military um and and train him in a different in a different aspect so they took him out of that project and pushed him into another one but before that happens there's some interesting things that that occur so before he switched to this other kind of MOS, military occupational specialty, um, he does go to Mars. He is sent to Mars. And when he's sent to Mars, he is part of this military expedition that is going out um, on these hikes. Basically, they they start off as hikes on Mars and they're given these suits and certain military members get in certain types of suits. So he stated that he was given a a suit that would keep him grounded, but not give him, like, superhuman capability. Kind of like what we were talking about in, in one of the previous podcasts, where uh, Emory Smith was talking about the the suits that they were creating that had billions of different types of uh, floss-like material threads throughout them to give you super strength and keep you grounded and, and allow you to keep, uh, allow you to jump and, and run up to 38 miles an hour. These suits didn't have that. Um, these suits for him, you know, kept him grounded to a certain degree because of Mars, uh, gravity, uh, wasn't as strong as Earth's, but the other military members, these the guys that were like real military, uh, were given like these super suits that, that they could run and jump and do all this crazy cool stuff, just like Emery Smith was talking about. So basically, he's part of this these eight to twelve guys that are like military fodder, and they're down. In, they're they, when they go out for hikes, the the elite members are up on like the tops of these these ravines, and these other guys are down in the bottom. So these other guys have grenades. They have rail guns on their arm and stuff like that. But they're not, you know, they're, they're just there for, like, mass casualty. To, to initiate mass casualty if they see anything. So, like, like Tony said, he, he started off with just a few hikes. And that was it. Nothing special. They just went out for hikes. They didn't see anything, you know, out of the ordinary. They didn't see any aliens. Nothing like that. Um, he stated that they did come across... Um, you know, some ravines that or uh, caverns that he could like um, run around in. But that was it. And he was just happy that he could run around in them without falling over because apparently these suits didn't keep you up like the super suits did. Once you started running, you basically started... You you could start a run, but then you'd start to fall a bit. So, it got a little tricky. Um, So... Eventually, after they were going out for so long, they were able to find, or maybe accidentally, maybe not find is the right word, maybe they you know kind of came across these uh, insectoids, and they looked like bugs, they looked like um, kind of like flying beetles, according to Tony, and they were aggressive, they were they were upset, so <clears throat> Tony stated that. Initially the the uh, elite guys had shot down a couple of these um these a- these aliens these insectoids but Tony uh <laughs> was was shocked and awed by even seeing these things even though he'd been briefed even though he'd been told what was going to happen training just went out the window when he actually encountered these things so these things were super fast, they, were they had legs but they also had wings, and they could fly and maneuver very rapidly and caught up with his squad that was on the ground insanely quick. So they, he said they killed uh, the other, most of the other members of his squad that was on the, on the base floor of this area on Mars, and they took him in, the alien insectoids took him in for questioning. Now, what was interesting was when they took him in for questioning after they captured him, because they they, they, they you know, they dominated him on the ground. They stepped on him and they were like, you're not going anywhere. And they communicated telepathically um, and brought him in to one of their bases to interrogate him. Now, this is where it gets even more interesting. And I know I'm, I'm pushing my own time limit of 20 minutes here, but I'm going to try to wrap it up and maybe give you an, another podcast for the rest of his uh his tour uh because it gets it gets wild he goes to series and and there's all kinds of (laughs) there's so much vastly different stuff up there so um let's wrap it up with this interrogation so these insectoids are interrogating them in his bay in their base and talking to him telepathically They're trying to gain information. They're trying to walk through his mind, okay, because that's how advanced they are. They can just walk through your mind, but what was interesting was they walked through his mind with him as kind of their, their guide, so he was in his own mind with them back at his training base back in California and then back on the moon and at mars so they kind of they kind of went back from mars back to the moon back to his training rooms in california and then they even walked back to his grade school before he was part of the secret space program and he's and they these insectoids told him this is who you are this is your purpose your purpose is not to come here and 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 you know attack us and they were trying to figure out what his actual purpose was. So they were telling him that they had he had been brainwashed, but he had not remembered that he had been brainwashed until these insectoids basically peeled the layer of his consciousness and his subconsciousness off to reveal where he was actually from. Isn't that fascinating? Because this is the kind of stuff that happens to a lot of abductees. And this is where his story starts to kind of make some sense to me because up until this point it seems way over the top way way past the point of like believability but when they when he starts to tell tell us stories that replicate or are, are are replicated in other abduction stories it starts to make a lot of sense starts to have some veracity to it um so he states that they walk him through his own mind and they show him his actual purpose he states you know this word purpose over and over again so he he now understands that he was brainwashed that he was put into this 20 and back program that he he is on Mars and he's, he's kind of doing this because he was brainwashed and these aliens are trying to figure out what he's why he's doing what he's doing because you know they're they're living their own lives they have their own purpose obviously their own insectoid purposes for their, their species. And they're trying to figure out what these guys are here to do. So it's almost like the insectoids are trying to figure out why the humans are brainwashing their own people. And sending them up there to go on these like suicide missions. And figure out what our own purpose is. Why are we even up there? You know, what are we doing? You know, are we their enemy? Are, are we just simply playing around with brainwashing? Are we, you know, are, or do we have some other notorious purpose up there you know and so i think what's interesting is is that these insectoids you know they didn't kill tony they did kill the other people a couple of the other people though um maybe by accident i don't know you know in 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 the fog of war things things happen um but what is interesting is is that they did take tony they did not kill him they could have killed him easily And they were trying to figure out what was going on with him, told him what was going on with him, and then released him. So, you know, it just, it goes to show you that, like, (laughs) I mean, they release, abductees are released all the time. So to think that Tony couldn't have been released, you know, in in a human militaristic standpoint or thought process, you know, to release somebody who's been to your base and has been interrogated... It does happen, you know, but would it happen with another species? We, You know, who knows how they think. They think, think completely differently than we think militaristically, intellectually, uh, morally, and, and all the above. So, uh, it's a real fascinating thing to think about. Now, you know, I can leave it here and pick it up on the second podcast because he goes to series... He finds out the series is dominated by Germans, and uh, that it seems to be very, very Nazi-esque up there. Um, and that they've built complete cities, that there's over a quarter million people living up there, and that he was given a different job, other than this military job, um, for about a decade. And it becomes really interesting to find out what he finds out up there, and how these corporations are have really taken over. Because a lot of these are, a lot of these secret space programs are run by corporations and not by the military. The military is there as like an escort and as as hired weapons, but they're not run by military. Not all of them, right? We've heard of these certain spe- secret space programs that have been run by corporations. We've we've also heard of them being run by different ones, run by the CIA, different different types being run by a, a civilian breakaway civilization um which uh is what this german one sounds like that the germans had might have had a breakaway civilization during world war 2 um and uh, there's <laughs> there's a lot to get into it's pretty wild but um i think that even up to this very point tony's story is truly fascinating i can gather a couple more details for you um i was watching this episode last night and it was just it was just wild um so i wanted to bring it to you guys today but what do you think so far? I know it sounds so bizarre, right? To be, to be, you know, taken at nine years old, a nine-year-old agreeing to the twenty and back program, having that crazy sheep put over him, a scene that's very similar to Fire in the Sky, then being put into an MK Ultra-like program where he's brainwashed, then to be brainwashed into basically giving his life for his fellow man, these military elites while they go out on these ex you know, excursions, and then to be taken into an insectoid base and have his brain walked through uh, with an insect uh, and find out he had been brainwashed. I mean, there's just so much to this story that it's it's fantastic, but I can understand how it would be hard to believe. So we'll get into more uh, in the next podcast, and uh, we'll talk about his next step as he moves from Mars to Ceres, apparently the German-dominated planetoid, uh, where they built cities, maglev trains, uh, operated with multiple different corporations, moving um, huge cargo, huge pieces of cargo, tech, trading tech with other civilizations, uh, including Earth and other uh, groups in the galaxy and solar system. and how how Tony was a part of it. So we'll get into that in the next episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. I know it was long. Uh, hopefully you guys are taking care of your spiritual health, your physical health, your emotional health. You're following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.